What's going on, everyone, and welcome into the Thursday edition of the Pelicans podcast presented by Seeky Happy Halloween to everyone out there. No podcast yesterday. We waited till game day so we can discuss Pelicans and Nuggets with you. Daniel Salerson alongside Jim Mike and offer of Pelicans.com and the radio voice of your New Orleans Pelicans, Todd Graffinini. Assuming no one dressed up for Halloween here. If, uh, where's the costumes, everyone? Nothing? I gave up dressing... Daniel, probably when I graduated college, I, I was uh, just dressing in overall or no, dressing no, up costume. Costume. I, I was a caveman for for a long, long time, and when the college career ended, that was pretty much it. And I'll, I'll leave it up to my wife and uh, my son and my daughter who love Halloween. Similar for me, um, I have not really gotten into the the Halloween mode in quite some time. I think, too, that I was actually just talking about this with somebody the other day that our schedule actually I can't even remember the last time I was actually home as in like in my house on Halloween. Either we've had a game on the night of Halloween or we've been on the road somewhere. So it's kind of hard to do do much. Get ready for trick or treaters when you're staying in a hotel in another city. So um, but, yeah, I honestly I barely thought about it. I hope that doesn't disappoint you, but I barely thought about it this morning no, i mean i'm in a shirt and tie so obviously i'm i'm not one to judge here when was the last time jim you put on a halloween costume no? <laughs> i honestly can't remember i really don't remember at all it probably was when i was in college that's that's about okay. it favorite halloween candy favorite or is that your favorite candy i guess is there a difference between your favorite candy and then one there, maybe you want a bite look, size let of? me t- let me tell you something nothing nothing can supplant the reese's I'm a peanut butter egg guy. I know there is a Halloween pumpkin version of the Reese's, but uh, the Reese's peanut butter egg for Easter is the all-time of all-timers. I'm a big uh, Twix guy. Okay. So that's that's my big thing. I mean, there's a ton. Left of- or the right? <laughs> I, I like I like them equally. Okay. You can't yeah. go wrong with the mini Snickers either okay. for Halloween. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I definitely uh, like pretty much anything chocolate. I used to love Butterfingers, but I think I realized as I got older too that the the they're not. This isn't. I hope Butterfingers not a sponsor of this podcast, but they're not great on your teeth. Okay. So I kind of had to cut back on my Butterfinger consumption. Don't I worry. love Butterfinger. Butterfinger left the sponsorship a long time ago, <laughs> so we're good. Uh, Excellent. My, mine is actually it fits me perfectly. Nerds. Because I don't know why I, I like chocolate, but the nerds are just the purple and the pink ones, the little boxes. I could probably eat 50 of those in the day. Maybe I will before the game just so I can have a nice sugar rush. And then, why am I not surprised? Yeah, I don't know. But uh, that's that's my favorite candy. Let's talk some basketball here on the Pelicans podcast. This is a game day for your Pelicans. And uh, unfortunately, they're one of two teams that is without a win. Uh, the Sacramento Kings are the other one who lost last night to the Charlotte Hornets. So, guys, let's just talk about kind of how this team has gotten here. And uh, we've said it before, you know, three of the four losses I thought everyone felt pretty good about. You know, no one feels good about a loss, but at the same time, you know, hard-fought games came down to the wire, just didn't finish. But then the Golden State game, I think, left a little bit of a sour taste in everyone's mouth. But let's just wrap all of them together in one pretty bow here. What would be, like, the biggest thing that, the Pelicans need to work on tonight that maybe hasn't gone so well for New Orleans. We'll start with you, Jim. I think overall it's definitely defense that they've given up too many easy baskets in a lot of situations. I mean, the fouling has been something that they've talked about in the last couple of days. I tried to kind of get to the bottom of that yesterday um, by asking a few questions about that after practice. But 
I think some a lot of times it's it's the guy at the top of the key is getting beat off the dribble. Somebody else has to come over and help. Someone else has to come over and help, and you're always a step behind. And I think that's what's leading to a lot of the fouls. Sometimes I think they're, they've been a little bit too aggressive as far as just using your hands too much and that kind of thing. So, But the, the free throw differential is definitely a huge problem that, that they have to try to address, and that, that's one element of – just becoming a better defensive team. They've actually done a decent job offensively, but just given the amount of points that they're giving up and even efficiency-wise, it's going to be hard to win games unless they can get better there. Well, just to piggyback on that, uh, and I agree with you, the rebounding is, has been a, an issue, and it needs to get better just because of the way the NBA is now really all of basketball. There's so many threes being taken the rebounds are much longer now than they used to be in the past. And you got to get yourself in position, even though it is a little more difficult because of the way the ball is going to come off the rim. But when we saw all the second chance opportunities going back to the Houston game, Daniel, when we were there, just not able to rebound those misses because Houston, quite honestly, they did not shoot the ball well right. uh, against us in that game, but we weren't able to take advantage Rebounding plus, if you rebound the basketball, that gets you going on the break the other way. And, of course, you're giving up all those offensive rebounds. Uh, you can't run your offense. Golden State, uh, I know Coach Gentry was very upset after that one because Golden State is not a rebounding team. They're not big. And they were getting to the ball and giving themselves other opportunities. So, it, it got to start rebounding the basketball. The, the Houston Rockets uh, – did not miss a shot, I don't think, yesterday, though. Just Did you see that game between the Rockets and the Wizards? I the saw final the highlights. Score? Unbelievable. I final watched. score in the last couple minutes were wild, too. I think watched was, a good bit of it. I think it was yeah. 317 total points in regulation. Mm-hmm. I mean, unbelievable. 159-158. I can tell you this much. The Rockets were down, I want to say, nine with about two minutes left. It didn't matter. Yeah. I mean, they, they it, you put the ball in Harden or Westbrook's hands at the top of the key. They're going to score. I yeah. mean, they they are going to score. They're either going to get a drive and a layup, or they're going to get to the free throw line. You know, another thing I was going to add to about what Todd said about the rebounding. To me, there's you can measure the rebounding. Obviously, the stats say um, there's a se- they're getting out. Re- Pelicans are getting out rebounded by seven a game. But I also think there's a there's a mental thing that you can't measure. That's very demoralizing, especially for a team that's struggling defensively, where you make the Rockets or any other team take a tough shot make them miss, but then you can't track down the rebound. So I think what Todd said is a great point as far as the the way that rebounding has changed in the NBA the last few years. I think hustle is actually a bigger element of rebounding that's ever been because back when there weren't that many three-pointers taken and a lot of the miss were com- misses were coming off short, a lot of it was about positioning. If you had the right – if you boxed a guy out, you were in the right spot, your chances of getting a rebound were really good. Now a lot of times you have to track down these balls and go – out to the free throw line, out to the sideline a lot of times with some of these misses. And so they just have to adjust. I think with the, the thing about it, too, is frustrating is I think with a lot of the lineups the Pelicans have, they might have a size disadvantage, but they have a speed and quickness advantage. So when that's the case, I think you really need to come up with a lot of these long rebounds because there's no reason why you shouldn't get your share of them. It's almost like a 50-50 ball type of situation, which is really a loose ball. But in this case, it is a loose ball on a rebound because it's so far away from the from the hoop. So it's a 50-50 situation, and we're finding ourselves on the other end of it 
uh, more often than not right now. How much pressure is there on the guards to step up in the rebounding category? Because you're without Zion Williamson. You've been without Derek Favors. He still says doubtful tonight, especially when you're playing a guy like Nikola Jokic tonight. How much how much pressure is there for some of the guards to actually come in and get some rebounds instead of sending only two guys in, maybe three or four guys in to get the rebound? Definitely a lot. And I think one thing that you would think should make you optimistic about this team is that both of your starting guards are really good rebounders. They've been good rebounders throughout their career. Obviously, hopefully Drew will be back in the game Thursday against Denver um, after missing the last couple games, and that'll help. But but there's no doubt that there's been a lot of situations that seem like I think Toronto was just quickly in my head of going th- back through the, the games. That was the game, I think, where they had the most situations where they had to box somebody out and there was somebody bigger behind them that would reach over and grab a rebound like Siakam had a bunch of those type of rebounds. So, I mean, it's it's huge that the the guards get in there and help as much as they can. Well, look, Josh Hart's doing a great job. He, sure. He's, he's really stuck his nose in there. And, look, I, I just I, – I'm becoming such a fan of him – uh, as every game progresses because he's just he's down and dirty and I, and I mean that as a compliment he he just does all the tough things the little things to make your team better and let's not overlook Brandon Ingram who really right now is playing out of position but he's pretty much averaging a double double he's averaging nine and a half rebounds and he had 16 against Houston so if he can start rebounding it consistently like he is especially the last couple of games that is going to help until we get the cavalry back so to speak with with favors and Zion. My Seeky question of the day is for both of you, and it talks about tonight's game. Look, at you're about to go on a two-game road trip after tonight. You play Oklahoma City on Saturday. You play the Brooklyn Nets on Monday, and then you come back home and face the Toronto Raptors. So a very tough schedule. We've talked about this a lot, how tough the schedule the Pelicans have in the first 20 games. No one's going to feel sorry for the Pelicans. But at the same time, um, and we talked about this against the Golden State Warriors, the importance of this game at home. And I know expectations for this team – I think we're a little bit, you know, there's a lot of excitement surrounding this team based on, you know, who they acquired in the offseason with the Lakers trade, with getting Zion. You had J.J. Redick and Derek Favors. But I know there was a lot of people that thought maybe this team was one year away, two years away. Who knows? But with an 0-4 start, how much pressure has it put on this team to get off to, you know, to end this streak of losing, but also at the same time preach a little bit of patience since you're only four games in? I mean, I think there is a little bit of pressure. I'm not sure if that's exactly the right word. I'm a writer. I should be able to come up with with something specific to that. But um, I, I think one of the things I've thought about the last few days is, you know, we, we talk about patience and the front office talked about patience during the summer. It's easy to do that when it's July or August. But when the games start happening and you start losing, everyone's competitive. I think this is a test right now as far as just – being able to see kind of the long-term picture. Um, but at the same time, everyone wants to win. And I think there's no doubt that, especially at home, I think Pelicans struggled a lot at home last season. Some With all the circumstances that happened last year that we don't need to get into again, there were reasons behind why they didn't do well, especially on the road. But it was, it was jarring to see how much they had a rough time at home. So, I mean – that's another element of tonight is it just you can't you don't want to start off zero and three at home, um, going into the road trip that you have coming up. Yeah, and you just you want to bounce back after what happened on Monday night, and and you've got to just really hope, and believe that what happened against Golden State was was an outlier, and Golden State just had a great game. Look, Golden mm-hmm. State is not good. I mean, look what happened last night. 
what they were down 43 to 14. Right. To, to Phoenix. Now, I know Steph got hurt later on in the ballgame, but it was 43 to 14 when he was still in there. Right. So, you know, you just got to just hope that they bounce back tonight. And I know it's very, very basic, but we get open looks. We got to make shots. I mean, we did not shoot the ball well the other night uh, against Golden State, and that really contributed to the situation. I mean, when's J.J. Redick going to go one for 10 from the floor? He's only done it a handful of times exactly. in his career. Um, are the Denver Nuggets a great example of that patience? Because if you look at their team and the continuity surrounding their ball club, where they have a few, they had their mainstays, have been there for a few years. They just missed the playoffs two years ago on the last game of the season. Then the next year, you know, they're a top two seed in the Western Conference, and now there's expectations for them potentially making it to the Western Conference Finals or even winning the Western Conference Finals. Are they a perfect example of this core just needs to play basketball together for a couple years and, and look what can happen? I think so. I think the only one difference is that the Nuggets, for, for the most part, I might be forgetting something here or there, but they had their guys healthy th throughout that time and they were able to key. develop chemistry. Um, that's the only that's the biggest difference right now is that the Pelicans just don't have what they thought was going to be on the floor so far. But I mean, I think that's fair as far as the Nuggets are probably the best example in the NBA of that. If you do have patience and you do get guys that you believe in and then give them time to gel of the results that you can come up with. I feel like there's a lot of teams in the league that would have said, this isn't happening quickly enough. You're, you need to improve by more than, I think it's been roughly six or eight wins a year that they keep getting better, which is really impressive. But a lot of people would have been like, no, you need to, it needs to be faster than this. So I definitely give them credit for the way that they've hung in there with the guys that they have. And I mean, the results speak for itself that they were second seed last year. Yeah. And look, as, as far as the Pelicans go, you talked about it. Nobody's going to feel sorry for you because the Pels are not a hundred percent, but it, it is an opportunity for others to get more minutes and they just got to keep doing what they're doing as far as getting productive, what we saw from Jackson Hayes the other night, I got to believe we're going to see a lot more of him tonight, especially if Dave, Derek Favors is not able to go. And look, he's not going to get any better sitting on the bench and watching. Um, you, you're going to have to go against these these more physical guys because, look, his body isn't where it needs to be uh, as his NBA career is going to advance. So, But I, I just liked what I saw the other night as far as the athleticism and, and what he did around the rim, he's able to finish. And look, the the chemistry that he built with Nikhil Alexander Walker in the summer is something that I got a little bit of a glimpse of against Golden State. I was about to say those two guys. I'm glad you brought those two up because I feel like maybe that was a turning point for them yesterday. I know, or in the loss to Golden State, that yes, it was a loss, but. Maybe those two just needed that game. Well, Jackson needed it because he hasn't played a game, but Nikhil just needed to see shots go in, and maybe that can change kind of their you know trajectory it's, of how they're going to play. It slowed down a little bit for Nikhil the other night. Yeah, I mean, I, I think hopefully we'll look back at the first uh, three or four games of the regular season as fluky for Nikhil. Um, I think sometimes there's kind of a domino effect where you struggle. He struggled against Toronto. He's everybody knows the circumstances of that he's playing in his hometown and it kind of carried over to the next couple games. But, um, I mean, we saw him play so well in summer league and preseason. I know people say, you know, yeah, people try to discount that, but to some extent, but I mean, I just, he, the guy has a, has a really good skill set, and 
Um, I think he's going to be a really good player. So um, we'll see what happens with the minutes now that Drew is back. We think tonight against Denver, good but point. but um, but yeah, I, I agree that that was a really good uh, g- good positive for both of those guys. Let's talk about uh, before we get out of here the Denver Nuggets tonight. I know we talked about them just a little bit, but more of a game plan with these guys and how good they are. Yeah, Jamal Murray, Jokic, Paul Millsap. You can go down the list of the talents that they have. Will Barton always seems to be a New Pelican Orleans killer. Pelican killer. Yep. Absolutely. So give me one or two points of emphasis tonight if you're the Pelicans, if you're going to walk away with a win. I think some of the stuff I talked about defensively improving that, um, the Nuggets, I think, are one of the teams that you have to be the most aware on defense at all times of where the ball is, where your man is, because they back cut so much. They put Jokic at the top of the key or near the free throw line and let him just scan the defense, and he's one of the He's probably the best passing big man in the league. Um, guys like Harris and Murray end up with layups all the time because you're you're watching the ball and you don't see your your man. They cut behind you. They get a layup because Jokic um, sees the floor so well. So to me, to, tonight is a really good test for the steps or the progress that the Pelicans hopefully have made defensively because if you're not on top of what you're trying to do, the Nuggets will – pick you apart and make you look bad with some of the passing that they do. Yeah, a lot of their strengths are what has really ailed the Pelicans defensively here in the early going. Uh, and, look, I watched that Denver-Dallas game the other night. Oh, by the way, maybe Dallas isn't uh, isn't as, as bad as everybody thought they were. And I never said they were bad, but, goodness gracious, they just went into Denver the other night and won. So uh, sure. Dallas can play, mm-hmm. obviously. But, uh, but Will Barton – one point took the game over the other night. He just sat there on the wing as as Murray was getting penetration and, and was draining threes. So somebody better get a hand. And it's interesting you said that Barton's been a Pelicans killer over the years. Uh, he he had a lot of open looks the other night. So somebody better get a hand in his face. You know they also are kind of an interesting comparison to New Orleans in terms of how many guys they have that contribute. They can go ten, eleven guys. I know. People talked a lot about Michael Porter Jr. during the summer, the optimism that they had about him after he was a lottery pick and missed all of last season. But he's, is by all reports and indications, he's totally healthy, but he's not in their rotation. So that just shows you that how, how deep they are, that they're a team that really has two a first unit and a second unit with that's filled with players that can do a lot of damage. All right, should be a lot of fun tonight. It's a late game at the Smoothie King Center, 8.30 p.m. Central, so you can go trick-or-treating, get all your candy, bring it to us there at the Smoothie King Center and watch some basketball. No local television tonight. You can watch it nationally on TNT, but we always encourage you to turn down the volume and listen to a lot of Pelicans action on ESPN 100.3 New Orleans and the New Orleans Pelicans Radio Network presented by Smoothie King. If you're in the area, you can listen on the North Shore 94.7 and also in Baton Rouge 103.3 WRQQ. And also we have an hour and a half worth of Pelicans programming on ESPN New Orleans tonight at 7 o'clock. We'll have Pelicans Weekly where Todd has a great interview with Pelicans head coach Alvin Gentry. Also Caroline Gonzalez sits down with Josh Hart, talks a little Halloween with him. 7.30 Pelicans walkthrough from Section 104 inside the concourse. 8 o'clock, I'll have Pelicans warm up for you at the radio booth. And then 8.30, Todd Graffanini and John DeShazer will have the call. Uh, Pelicans and Nuggets. you have something to add, Todd? Content, content, content. (laughs) 
That's the key. That's the key. And we're going to provide you a ton of content tonight on the Pelicans Radio Network. Of course, this podcast is presented by SeatGeek. Trying to find tickets to basketball games or any other live event can be complicated. There's hundreds of sites and shady pricing. With SeatGeek, you can do everything in one place. Search for and discover the best deals on seats, buy from any device, and sell and transfer tickets in just a couple of taps. Best of all, our listeners will get $20 off their first purchase in the SeatGeek app. Use the code GOPELS, all caps, one word, at checkout. SeatGeek, score the best deals on tickets. Guys, appreciate you joining me today. We'll have another podcast for you tomorrow before the Pelicans head to Oklahoma City. Two-game road trip, take on the Thunder on Saturday. And the Nets on Monday. See you at the arena. Let's get a W. How about that? That sounds good to me. I mean, this is a, it, it's time to get into that win column for sure. All right. Until tomorrow, I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening, everyone, and go Pels.